What is going on, team? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. And as always, the purpose of this podcast is to disrupt the way you think, inspire you to think differently, and give you the tools and resources to transform into that person that you so deserve and desire to be. Now, today's show, I'm going to combine a little bit of humor, or at least what I think is funny, um, combined with a little bit of psychology. So you're going to get a little bit of entertainment and a little bit of education today, which I'll be honest with you, is kind of my favorite way to learn. So hope you enjoy today's show. Today's show is going to be, well, if you read the title, the title of the show is, well, I haven't really decided yet. It's either going to be, are you shitting me? Are you kidding me? Or some, some version of that. Who knows what we'll end up landing on at the very end, but it'll be something like that. And if it's not, know that those were my two original choices. And so here's what I mean by that is all the crazy things, and I don't mean crazy in a bad way. I'm not calling anybody crazy or anything of that nature. And we're going to get into the psychological reasons of why you guys who have done these things and asked these questions actually ask these questions and do these things. And it's not necessarily 100% your fault. Some of it is a psychological mechanism that is pushing you in that direction. What I mean by that is this. Let's just take, for example, some of the crazy questions that I get. People will ask me something of this nature. Jay, I'm concerned that I'm eating too much protein. Let's just say that, that they come to me, we put them on a nutritional program and you know, we recommend you know, a certain menu of items and, and increase your protein, you know, decrease your artificials, your bread, your pos, you know, the basics, right? Just the normality, the normal things. Inevitably, nine out of 10 people come back to me and say, Jay, um, my husband's concerned, my wife's concerned, I'm concerned, my cousin's sister's aunt's brother's boyfriend from the third grade is concerned that I'm eating too much protein. Yet, before you started working out with me, before you started getting nutritional coaching from me, you would have no problem knocking out an entire bag of Doritos chips, right? You would have no problem eating an entire pint of ice cream. You would have no problem going to um, a burger place, In-N-Out, Big Bob's, um, McDonald's, whatever it is, and getting the biggest burger, the biggest fries, the largest Coke, the apple pie. You'd have no problem doing any of that. You'd have no problem consuming copious amounts of artificial colors and sweeteners and flavors and sugar by the pounds. But yet you start a new program and you think, well, I'm afraid I'm getting too much protein. Now, when I say it like that, that sound, it kind of sounds crazy, doesn't it? First of all, you're not. You know, there's a, very, there's a very small subset of people that need to worry about getting too much protein. And those are people with, you know, pre-existing like kidney and liver issues and metabolistic issues. And I don't think metabolistic's a word, but if you have a metabolistic issue, that's probably another, for another conversation or maybe you should consult your physician immediately for that. But you know what I'm talking about, people with pre-existing conditions and things of that nature. But most people, are not going to struggle with getting too much protein. Most, you would be hard pressed to eat too much protein if you were a normal average, even run of the mill close to average um, healthy human being, okay? And so people say that because it's just this, I'm gonna get to the psychological reasons that I don't wanna ruin, I don't wanna ruin that part of the show, but think about that for a second. Do you really think you're gonna get too much protein? 
Are you really concerned that that you, that last bite of salmon might have been the bite that pushed you over the edge to too much? But yet you've never thought about maybe that maybe that last handful of potato chips was was too much, right? You've never thought about, gosh, I wonder if all these artificial sweeteners that I'm drinking and eating and consuming and, and all these things, I wonder if they're harming my body. Like we don't think about that, but we get concerned about protein intake. I'll even take it a step further. People say, hey, Jay, is it possible that I could be drinking too many um, branched chain amino acids? And I'm like, maybe, but that would be so hard to do. I mean, you literally have to like, just have it on like an IV drip. So people worry about like consuming like a branched chain amino acid or an electrolyte or a, a glutamine or something that, that's healthy for them, but they'll drink a, a 12 pack of Bud Light and not give it a second thought. They'll drink a half a fifth of vodka and not think a thing about it. They'll drink two bottles of wine and not even worry for a second. You get what I'm saying? It's like we use these, we use these like, I'm going to get to them like, gosh, I want to, you guys know me, I love psychology so much. I can't wait to get to that part, but I want to drive home this point. And maybe I already have, and I'm just going to drive it a little too far, which I tend to do from time to time, but it's one of those days where I'm feeling a little wild. And so let me just keep going a little bit on some of these analogies. People will come, two things. So people will call me and say, hey, I want, I want to start working out with you, but I'm going to get in shape first. I'm like, what? Like, if you were going to do that, you wouldn't need to call me in the first place. You, you'd already be in shape. Bring your ass in and just let's get you in shape. And they'll say, well, I'm afraid it's going to be too hard. Well, it's not going to be easy, but it's not going to be too hard. You think I'm going to throw you into the deep end of the pool if you don't know how to swim? No, we're going to walk you through where you need to be in accordance to where you start. And you're not going to do that at home on your own. Guess why? Because if you would have, you'd already be doing it. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. And then people are like, yeah, you're probably right, but I'm gonna try it anyway. And guess what? I never hear from those people again. They never come in. And then I see them a year later and they're in worse shape than they were. Guys, stop using nonsense like that. And then I get, I get, ladies, I love you. I mean, most of my clients are females. Let's be honest. You guys are awesome. I love, guys, earplugs for a minute, earmuffs. I like training you guys better than I do the dudes. Just because you work harder, you complain less all the things. But one of the things that you guys do is you'll, you'll tell me, Jay, I don't want to get big. I don't want to get big bulky arms. I don't want to get big biceps. What? You, you really think you're going to get arms that look like a dude? Like you're going to get arms that look like my, that's not going to happen. Like, it's just, I mean, how many women do you know outside of like looking at a professional bodybuilder or a professional, you know, fitness model that that's all they do for a living is work out. And then, the, and then the, the pictures you're seeing are all angles and lighting and, and oils and pumps and stuff like that. Guys, ladies, you're not going to get too bulky. I promise you that you're just not, there might be 3% and I'm being lenient that might have to worry about getting a little too much muscle mass. But most women you see walking around are not walking around looking like professional bodybuilders, even the ones that work out all the time. So that's really not something you need to be concerned about. But we create all these things 
that get in the way of our success. And I'm going to be honest with you, those of you guys that do these things, that, that come up with these, these crazy notions or that are listening to your, like I said, your aunt's cousin's brother's, you know, pharmacist who lives in Spokane, whatever, who's never even seen you or knows what you're doing, giving you advice and say, well, you don't need too much protein, right? Guys, it's just the likelihood of that. I've been doing this for so long. I consume, I don't even, all I eat is protein. That's it. I'm, I'm as healthy as can be. My blood works, come, my blood work comes back immaculately. Immaculately, immaculate, whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. It comes back awesome. All I eat is protein. I eat protein and fat. That's it. That's another one. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of fat. Like if I eat fat, I'm going to get fat. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how the human body works. That same person will eat an entire bag, of, box of macaroni and cheese. They'll eat more carbs than I've had since 1987. But yet they're worried about having a half of an avocado. Like guys, you, you have to stop allowing yourself to believe things. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even think most of you guys think these things are true. 90% of you guys that ask me these questions, I don't even believe that you believe it. I honestly don't. I don't believe that you're really concerned about getting too much protein. I honestly do not believe that. Because you're, you haven't been concerned. You've never been, I wonder if you eat too many donuts. You ever ask yourself that question? Has anybody ever asked themselves that question? Me included. I don't think I've ever asked myself the question. Gosh, I wonder if, I mean, I've had three donuts. I wonder if that's, if that's too many. Should I call somebody? Is there a danger in that? Well, hell no, dummy, there's no danger in it, but no, you should need a fourth one. Like that's just a normal conversation that we should all be having with ourselves, but nobody does. You guys get my point? Like we do so many things that are crazy, unhealthy. Like in, in, in some of our friends and family can be the worst. Like they will watch us for years, abuse ourselves, eat like a garbage can. One of my favorite sayings, I got a, a buddy from Vegas. He says he eats like a trailer park raccoon, meaning he'll eat anything, anytime, anywhere. He might even need a license plate if he gets hungry enough. That's how most of us have eaten our entire lives, like a trailer park raccoon. And if you think about that, nobody's ever came to you and said, hey, I'm concerned you're eating too much fast food. Has anybody ever said that to you? No. Has anybody ever said, hey, gosh, I'm, I'm afraid you're, you're drinking too much soda. Hey, why do you eat potato chips every day? Hey, how come every time we go out, you get fries? Hey, how come every time we go out, you get dessert? Hey, how come you, you get what I'm saying? Nobody's ever said, hey, hey, bro, maybe not. Like maybe have a salad. You know what I mean? Like when's the last time one of your friends said, hey, maybe don't get the double cheeseburger. Maybe get that kale salad. When's the last time somebody you went to dinner with said that? Never. But how many times have they said this? You're going to get a salad? That's it? You see what I'm saying? Like we're psychopathic. We really are. And then we create these false beliefs because I'm going to tell you why. Let's just let's get into the psychology of it. So why do people or why are people so easily, why do they easily believe their, these false beliefs? And I, again, I think 90% of you guys know these are BS, especially when I start to explain it like this and we have this, this just like normal nap. I mean, I think we're having a conversation. I feel like we are. I don't hear you saying much, but I feel like you're involved. But when I feel like when we talk it out like this, that you don't even believe what it is that you said, because I just made it sound so crazy. 
right? And so there's a lot of answers to that. There's a lot of reasons why people, why you can believe things that aren't true, why you can believe falsehoods. So psychologists have actually shown that there's a relatively small set of what they call cognitive biases or mental shortcuts that can explain a lot about the false beliefs that we have. One of the most agreed upon is the um, is using like what they call like a mental shortcut. And there's all kinds of things occur in the world around us, right? There's, there's constantly things happening. And just, I mean, we're basically taking life through a fire hose. Like life's coming at us at a thousand miles an hour. And so we use these mental shortcuts to cut corners, to get to resolutions and to get answers to things in a really, really short amount of time. So we tend to use quick and largely like unconscious rules of thumb to determine what we believe. And these, short these shortcuts sometimes steer us in the wrong direction. And there's two main culprits. There's two main shortcuts that we use that lead us to this place. And these things that I've talked about today kind of fall underneath these two shortcuts. The first one is called emotional reasoning. And emotional, re emotional reasoning is stated as this, whether we like it or not, all of us can be powerfully swayed by emotions. And I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier. Most of the time when someone is starting a new lifestyle, they're going to start eating better. They're going to start working out. They're going to stop drinking so much booze. They're going to start drinking more water. They're going to start getting more sleep. Whatever it is, there's some resistance there. And with resistance is what? Emotions, right? Emo resistance is created by emotion. And so when there's emotion involved, emotional reasoning can take over and that can sway us in a direction that like it said a while ago is sometimes the wrong direction. And here's why you use emotional reasoning like this, like with these questions, hey Jay, my so-and-so, cause you'll defer, that's called deference as well. You'll, you won't say I'm concerned about it. You'll say, hey, my husband or my wife or my mother or my brother or my doctor, you'll, you'll even, even if that person's really not involved, you'll, you'll kind of use that as a deference to say they're concerned I'm getting too much protein. And so what you're really doing is you're using emotional reasoning to, to try to find a way out. You're using emotional reasoning to try to find a, a reason not to follow through with this new lifestyle because it's a challenge. It's, a, it's an adversity shifting from a bag of Doritos, copious amounts of ice cream, more soda than you can shake a stick at, desserts, sugars, that it's challenging. It's emotional to move away from that stuff and move to a better, healthier version of yourself and a better, better version of a lifestyle that is going to support you long-term, even though it's the right decision. When you, when you add emotion into anything, convolutes the decision-making process. It's called emotional reasoning. So we'd like to think that our feelings are driven by logic or reason, but particularly when it comes to things like this lifestyle shift I'm talking about, this transformation, whether it be simply just eating better and trying to lose some weight, whether it be showing up to a physical studio and actually working out and putting yourself through a, a physical stressor, those two things are really emotional. There's a cascade of emotions that go along with that. 
am I going to fail like I did last time? Are people going to judge me? What if I say I'm going to do this and then I don't, and then I don't lose the weight and then I gain the weight back? Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be disappointed in myself again. P other people might be disappointed in me, blah, 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 blah. And so there's, unfortunately, there's this dysfunctional relationship we have with emotion because we can allow emotion to lead us into decisions that aren't necessarily right for us or good for us. And this is simply called emotional reasoning. And it can actually, like I said, it can actually lead you astray without you even knowing you're being led astray because you'll search for it. Like you'll get, a perfect example is this, like you, when you start this new lifestyle and we start talking about like proteins and fats and like amino acids and, and blood work and vitamin C and vitamin D. And we start talking about like all this like healthy stuff you will become a scientist and you'll start looking on the internet. Can I get too much protein, right? And you'll find an article that was written about somebody with renal disease. And you'll say, look at it right there. That says clearly, plain as day, you should be careful how much protein. That person has a kidney disease. That person person has liver disease. That person has a, a pre-existing condition, but you'll in your brain, you'll say, well, if that could happen to them, that could happen to me. Because that's a way of safety for you to not have to take the next step forward into this place or space of the healthier life of the healthy lifestyle that you said that you wanted, but you're just scared. It's emotional. I get it. Emotions make us do wacky things, right? If you think about it, like when you make decisions based on emotion, which we all do, are they usually the most powerful positive decisions? Because you're not really making them on logic and reasoning, right? When you make a logical, reasonable you know, decision, thought process from a non-emotional place, that usually turns out better for you. But those emotional-based decisions, especially when we're using emotional reasoning like this to let ourselves off the hook, those don't become so positive or powerful in our life. And you guys can see the, the cycle, right, that you fall into. So the next one is called confirmation bias, which is simply this. Once we have a belief, we tend to cling to that belief, even if it is empirically shown to be untrue. Now, I want to I I layman's terms that a little bit. Once we get a belief in our brain, no matter what is shown to us to, to debunk or show that that is not true, we have the ability through confirmation bias, which is a psychological effect, to not believe the actual truth and to hold firm on the thing that we believe is true, even in the face of empirical data that proves that we're wrong. So confirmation bias is a tendency to seek out information and support that we already believe in. It's kind of what I just talked about there. So if someone says to you, or you want to use the thing of, well, Jay, this new lifestyle won't work for me because I don't do, I don't do good with protein and I'm afraid I'm going to get too much protein. You will find on the internet an article that says, if you have liver, kidney, um, blah, bladder, whatever problems, you should be careful about the amount of protein you intake. And you'll take that information and you'll manipulate it into a fashion that fits your narrative and that will become your new truth. And your new truth will be too much protein can harm your kidneys, can harm your liver and can kill you. That'll be your narrative. Even though there is copious amounts of empirical data that proves that that is not a factual statement. You see what I'm saying? Like, the, and we, we, I, sometimes we don't even want to do this. 
we're just emotional and we get emotional, we create these things. So the, the purpose of me bringing this to your attention today is that sometimes, a lot, a lot, I'm gonna whisper, a lot of times when we allow our emotions to get too highly involved, this is why if you guys listen to me at all, you know, I talk about equanimity all the time. Equanimity is neither too high nor too low. And it is the, like the baseline of decision-making if you want to make it from a logical, reasonable state and or brain, right? But when we allow equanimity to get just destroyed and emotions get involved, we have the tendency to get a little bit off the reservation when it comes to decision-making. And we'll allow those two things, we'll allow emotional reasoning and confirmation bias to lead us astray, even though, even though deep down in our hearts, we know those things are not true. We know we're not gonna get too bulky. We know this new lifestyle is actually gonna be really positive and powerful for us. We're just afraid. We're just nervous about it. We just don't understand it, right? And when we don't understand something, we tend to, it has to be wrong. Like that's a big thing that's going on in our society right now. Like things we don't understand and or immediately agree with just have to simply be wrong. Like I told one of my friends the other day, he was said, man, I was trying to have a conversation with somebody and it was, it just got so heated because we, we had a little bit of a disagreement. And I said, unfortunately, we've gotten to this place and space in our in our world right now, where if, if you say something I don't agree with, all I simply have to do is say that you are lying and therefore whatever I say that you're lying is the unequivocal truth and you are now some form of bad person because you didn't agree with me. That's just a simple way out of any conversation now. So you can actually do that with yourself. You are actually having these same conversations with ourselves. You can convince yourself that something's not true even if there's empirical data to prove that it is like a positive, powerful, healthy lifestyle alternative from Doritos, Ben and Jerry's and Bud Light over to healthy proteins, healthy fats, water. I know, crazy, right? Um, we can convince ourselves that, nah, it's too dangerous. Like those, those healthy people, they're liars, right? They're just trying to make money off of me. They're just, we, we can convince ourselves of a whole cornucopia of things that, that that's a totally different podcast, right? But today, the lesson is this. Make sure now that you know what emotional reasoning is, that you know what using cognitive, I mean, confirmation bias is, that you're aware of when you're doing these things, maybe you can pull yourself out of that and just ask yourself the question, am I, am I being, what, what's my emotion? emotional state right now? Am I in a state of equanimity, which is rational, logical, or am I a little bit heightened and out of my equanimity state? And if so, maybe just pause, try to get rational. I like that six deep breath method, right? Six breath in, six breath out, reline the brain, come back down to that equanimity, and then make a decision from there. Deal? All right, guys. Hey, hope you got some value out of this. Hope you got a chuckle. I love entertainment and education when combined. Um, for those of you guys that are not already a member of our free Facebook group, Wellness Lab Launchpad, I would slide over there as quickly as you can. We're getting ready to do um, some really cool trainings in there, some really cool information that's going to be disseminated in there, 100% free. You don't want to miss that, so make sure you get over there. It's a fun, safe, powerful place um, for everybody on the internet that's interested in a healthier lifestyle. All right, guys, have a beautiful rest of your day, and I'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.